Jackson, let's have some fellowship. I enjoy that little chorus the college students are singing because if we can have more joy in the Lord and if he can have more joy in us, I don't think it gets any better on planet Earth than this mutual kind of joy. We're enjoying him and he's enjoying us. I want to share something today that I believe will help every single believer, and not only you who are listening, but those that you want to share something with. I believe every single believer would like to have a better start to their day and a more God-oriented, God-saturated, God-pleasing day. And I want to share with you about how to start your day with the Lord, with some very practical help. And I don't want to lay a guilt trip on you or I, but end up with some practical help. Uh, I believe that we all would like to experience what the pattern that we see all the way through the scriptures. Uh, so let me lay a little foundation as to why this is important and uh, how you can have a fresh start in, a, in, in opening to the Lord and making a di very big difference in your day. You know, I believe that our human life, just like uh, the bricks in a brick house, I believe our human life is made up not of years, not of months, not of weeks, not of seasons, but of days. Every day is a gift from the Lord and a brand new, fresh start. Didn't the Lord Jesus say, I will be with you all the days of your life? So the Lord measures out our human living in days. And we should have a view that every day is a gift and we want to start it in a proper way as a regenerated, enlivened believer. Let me lay a little foundation here from some verses of Scripture. And then I want to give you some practical help in how to have a fresh start. So no, no guilt, no condemnation. Uh, let's be open and let the Lord teach us from his word. Let's start with uh, Psalm 119, 147. The psalmist said, I anticipated the dawn and cried out, I hoped in your words. I anticipated the dawn. Psalm 57, verse 8. Awake, my glory, awake, O harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. And then in Lamentations, chapter 3, 23, it says, um, it is Jehovah's loving kindness that we're not consumed, for his compassions do not fail. They are new every. You want to fill in the blank? They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Psalm 88, 13. But I, O Jehovah, have cried out to you, and in the morning my prayer comes before you. Have you ever noticed in the Gospels the pattern of the first God-man, the first one who was both human and divine? Well, we see a little insight into his living in Mark 1.35, and rising very early in the morning, while it was still night, he went out 
and went away to a deserted place, and there he prayed. So here the Lord Jesus, as the Son of Man, is giving us a pattern of rising up early in the morning to contact God, to be one with God. And, you know, I believe that if we would just make a resolve to start the day 15 minutes earlier than we normally start and consecrate, set apart, dedicate that 15 minutes to the Lord, what a difference it would make in our life, the people we're going to be in contact with all day, and eventually what it would the difference it would make in the testimony that the Lord has in our area. Um, don't you think the Lord's worthy of that? That we would say, Lord, I want this. I know when I wake up, all the pots start boiling over, and I got to do this, got to do that, got to do this, got to do that. And uh, all of a sudden, this age and our responsibilities starts creeping in on us. But what if we started 15 minutes earlier and gave that as a love offering? dedicated that time to the Lord. You know, the pattern continues in Exodus sixteen twenty one, when it says our predecessors, the children of Israel, gathered it, the manna, morning by morning. And you remember the story there that uh, if they didn't gather it in the morning, it melted by midday. Uh, it was no longer going to be there. They'd have to look for a fresh delivery from the Lord the next morning. And the Lord told us in John 6:51 that he is the living bread. So that picture in Exodus is just that. Uh, it really happened. But even more important than that, it was a sign that the Lord Jesus was going to come as God incarnate to be the living bread. And now as the life-giving spirit, as it says in John excuse me, in 1 Corinthians fifteen forty-five, he is able to be the living bread to us. 2 Corinthians four sixteen tells us, do not lose heart. For though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed. Let me pause and you fill in the blank. Our inner man is being renewed day by day. So the Lord gives us a day for more renewing. He is trying to fully recover us from the fall, to continue from the new birth, the regeneration with his life initially getting into us, to that life expanding and becoming more and more of an influence in our mind, emotion, and will. So a day without renewing it really is a wasted day. It's, it's not uh, fulfilling the purpose of that day. The Lord gives us a day to be further renewed in his life so that our expression of him can be brighter and greater and he will increase. Um, here's an obscure verse that you might not have ever run across. It's actually in Judges. But the same principle continues. Um, Judges 5.31. Those who love him are like the sun. That's S-U-N. 
Those who love him are like the sun when it rises in its might. So here's a picture of how creation operates. The sun comes up every morning. The S-U-N dispels the darkness and brings greater and greater light. I believe the more we grow in the Lord, the more we will see that every positive thing in the universe is actually a picture of some aspect of Christ, some aspect that we should experience of him, whether it's water or bread or air. These are all things that the Lord talked about being the bread of life. Breathe into them the spirit, uh, the river of water of life. These are all pictures of a greater reality. So as Judges 5.31 says, those who love him, that we love him, should be like the sun, the S-U-N, when it rises in its might. So if we will resolve to get up uh, earlier and give this time to the Lord, he will have a way to uh, make our day very, very special in the days that he has allotted to us. Now, you may say, well, what am I going to do with that 10 or 15 minutes? I want to give you some practical help because I know many of us have had starts and stops, starts and stops. We make a resolution that might last a few days or a few weeks, and then we go back to our, uh, you know, rushing right on into the day. Well, um, I think there's some help in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, where uh, the word is, In nothing be anxious, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. Um, what if we were to start our time with the Lord just by calling his name? I believe the use of his name in a loving, loving way brings him closer into our experience. Just like maybe when you were growing up and your mother uh, opened the back door, when it was dinner time and called your name strongly and loudly and audibly, if you were playing somewhere in your backyard or your neighbor's backyard with a bunch of playmates, you knew when you heard your name that she wanted you and to draw you closer on in to her presence and the good things that she had for you. Well, I believe if we will just start our prayer with just whispering, calling the Lord's name. He will be closer and closer and closer in our experience, in our awareness. His name is the handle on the person, just like every other person you know. The way you get another person is by using their name. That uh, draws them into your space, into your experience. And if we would just start with... Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, whispering his name lovingly, reverently, we begin to sense more and more his presence. 
Um, then I'm impressed with uh, the way the apostle here presents this. The anxiety starts to decrease, and we can uh, ask, we can petition, but I'm impressed by this term, with thanksgiving. You know, I have to repent because often I think I'm praying typically American prayers where we treat God like Santa Claus. Here's what I need. Here's my list. Here's my problems. Here's my situation. Fix this. Fix that. And um, we blow right by this word thanksgiving. There's another place in the New Testament where it says we should abound in thanksgiving. This should be a characteristic of believers, abounding. I'm not sure I know what that means. It sounds like kind of over-the-top thanksgiving. How much we should be thankful for. May the Lord increase the thanksgiving among us. What if after calling on the Lord and sensing his presence closer and closer, we just exercised every morning to thank him for five or ten matters, five or ten blessings, five or ten aspects of our life that he has entered into? I believe we should be a thankful people, uh, not rushing right into, here's what I need. Here's what I want, but abounding, as the apostle said, in thanksgiving. So just uh, maybe, is that a good example of the first five minutes, uh, the first three minutes of a time with the Lord? And then what has helped many of our fellow believers is some of these uh, publications that give us a couple of verses of scripture uh, already pre-selected. Because you, like I, probably just grabbed your Bible and opened it up and run your finger down the page to see what might be today's verse. Well, that's a little bit haphazard, and we probably wouldn't do other responsibilities in our life that way. But there are many good publications that give a verse or two for the day and perhaps a paragraph or two of um, light and help on that particular verse. Um, there was a dear sister whose last name is Cowman, C-O-W-M-A-N, who uh, probably millions of copies of Streams in the Desert have been published. That one has helped so many people. Another good example of this format that I'm uh, mentioning is Oswald Chambers. Um, his publication, uh, My Utmost for His Highest. And then one that's helped me immensely, especially as a new believer, was is called um, A Table in the Wilderness. A Table in the Wilderness. And that particular compilation um, is from Watchman Nee's ministry. Again, all of these examples I'm giving you have a verse or two for the day and a paragraph or two of light that will uh, help make that um, verse or verses more meaningful and more practical to your daily living. Now, until you can get something like that uh, to help you uh, jumpstart your new time with the Lord, let's do something that'll be waiting for you in the morning. If you will go to emana.com, 
and register during the night, they will send you an email with a couple of verses of scripture and a paragraph or two of ministry to help you start your day in a good way with the Lord. That's a WWE manna, just like the manna in the wilderness, E-M-A-N-N-A dot com, emana.com. Register, put your email address in there. It'll be waiting for you every morning. I believe if we will give the Lord 15 minutes, it will more than compensate for the extra time we need to get up and uh, spend some time with him and the difference it'll make in his renewing of our life. May God bring us into this reality. Knowing that a man is not justified out of works of law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 2 verse 16. Faith in Jesus Christ denotes an organic union with him through believing. This is related to the believer's appreciation of the Son of God as the most precious one. The believers are infused with the preciousness of Christ through the gospel preached to them. This Christ becomes in them the faith by which they believe through their appreciation of Him. This faith creates an organic union in which they and Christ are one. Scripture and Commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit recoveryversion.org. My name is Mary. I am assistant professor at Florida State University. I enjoy teaching and research on campus. As a researcher, I have many discoveries. But the biggest discovery is the fact that I have a human spirit. Whenever I call, Oh Lord Jesus, I get the response of this wonderful person, the eternal God, right in my spirit. I am happy living in the presence of the Lord. I invite you to experience this unspeakable joy by calling on Him from deep within your spirit and your heart.
Jackson, let's have some more fellowship. You know, I enjoy that uh, little part of the song there because uh, I believe that uh, if we will open to the Lord, He will make us glad. He is a dispenser of, of life, and that life involves for us humans joy. Our God wants to be enjoyable to us, and um, we need to take uh, delight in Him. You know, there is a, a verse, I think it's in Psalm 16. Um, let's see if I can pull it up really quickly. Um, it talks about this, um, what we're talking about, joy and pleasures. and um, it's, a, it's a beautiful summary of what God is like and what he wants to be to us. Psalm 16, verse 11 says, You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forever. Isn't that amazing? We talked earlier about um, being in the Lord's presence as a way to start every day. And this tells us that in his presence, there is fullness of joy. Our God wants to be the most enjoyable aspect of our human life. And uh, even says that this is surprising to most folks because they've been sort of deluded by or misaimed or misdirected by religion. It says there are pleasures. In God's presence, there are pleasures forevermore. He wants to be enjoyable to us, and we want to learn how to enjoy Him. As we learn how to enjoy Him and take delight in Him, guess what? He takes delight in us. You know, what a wonderful relationship the Lord wants to bring us into. Well, I want to give you um, a little preview of what's coming up and that you can take advantage of over at Tallahassee Christian College and Training Center. We have said it many times. It's so flexible. You don't have to go through a whole lot of uh, enrolling in college, going back to college, whatever our concept is. As the president, Joanne Arnett, has said many times, even here on Wave 94, it's like a buffet line. You can go through and pick and choose what works for you and what is according to your interest, your need, uh, the next step you want to take in your Christian life, the growth you're looking for to increase your experience and enjoyment of the Lord. So I want to give you a preview of what's coming up. I'm just asking that you be open. Is that okay? Be open. Lord, I'm open. Just tell the Lord you're willing to uh, give him um, some time. And uh, as I give you this preview, be uh considering or remembering or jotting down the website tcctc.org tcctc.org now coming up on wednesday mornings uh, Wednesday mornings, you still got plenty of time. I'm just asking for a particular slot in your day. For some of you, Wednesday mornings could work. Um, you can 
control your own working hours or that's a time after the kids have been dropped off at school. So Wednesday mornings, there's going to be a 10-week class that we are repeating because it seems to meet a need called Becoming a Whole Person. Becoming a Whole Person. Can you imagine if somebody put you into an automobile you'd never seen one before? They put you in the driver's seat. You had no idea what a steering wheel was for, what an ignition was for, what a gear shift was for, what the brake pedal was for, what uh, the gas pedal was for. Of course, that seems very stupid. But you know, almost every human being does that with their human life by not uh, ever considering how did God make me? What are my components? How do they work? How did God design me? How did he build me? As it says uh, in Jeremiah, how did he form me in my mother's womb? So what was the purpose of God making us? What's the effect of the fall? How did the fall that uh, we were all participating in in Adam, how did that damage God's purpose and God's plan? So what we want to do in this course called Becoming a Whole Person is to get into three-dimensional living, everything according to God's Word, look up dozens and dozens and dozens of verses of Scripture, and see what the functions of the various parts of our being are. You know, we read the Bible sometime without considering what's the difference in uh, the soul and the spirit and the conscience and the heart and the mind and the will and the emotion. Um, all of these are in the scripture. How do they work? How do I, um, how do I get tuned to God's use of them and cooperating with the functions. Uh, then we use sometimes as believers these big words that we throw around as if they all mean about the same thing. But perhaps that's like uh, you know going to, into surgery with your surgeon using a chainsaw. Wouldn't that be awful? Well, the apostle told Timothy, to cut the word of God straight. That sounds like, doesn't it, a very fine instrument, a very fine care. And uh, some of the words that are in Scripture that sometimes we don't uh, stop to say, how are they different and how do they work? Words like transformation, sanctification, confirmation, glorification, regeneration, even the word salvation. Uh, justification, uh, renewing, all of these are words out of the New Testament. They all indicate some kind of process that the Lord wants to take us through. Well, how in the world can he take us through them if we don't understand them and if we don't know how to cooperate with this process that he wants to take us through in fully recovering us to our God-ordained, God-designed purpose. 
Well, if you are open, if you sense that the Lord would have you uh, dig into this in his word, it's going to be on Wednesday mornings, and it's called Becoming a Whole Person. You can uh, take the uh, class for credit, uh, or you can just audit at a significantly lower tuition and uh, get the same um, materials, the same uh, classes as those that are taking for credit. I would also uh, remind you that uh, in this particular course, all of the textbooks are included. And there will be some awesome textbooks that you will have in addition to the scriptures that you can keep uh, after the class is over. Of course, our main textbook is going to be scriptures. And we would ask that uh, you would bring an accurate translation. No paraphrases, please. Nothing against paraphrases, but we're going to cut the word of God very uh, carefully. And so accurate translation is important to doing that. That class, again, is called Becoming a Whole, W-H-O-L-E, Person. And we will dig into how God made us, how he designed us, and how we can cooperate. You can find that uh, more information at tcctc.org. Another class that's coming up will be on Monday evenings for 10 Mondays. And again, you can take this class, audit or credit, and we'll be on really enjoying the Bible. We will study the Bible, but not in the way of a textbook, a history book, or some kind of a academic uh, treatise. But we want to see how the Bible is different from every other book that has ever been delivered. You know, the, um, the word Bible means book. And as far as we believers are concerned, it is the book. The book. 66 different books in this book. Dozens of authors over many, many centuries. But as it says in Peter, it was carried along by the Spirit working through humans. Just like um, a sailboat is carried along by the wind. Well, we have it today in our hands. How do we... Um, Treat it. Um, Jeremiah said, I found your words and I did eat them. So God's word, the Bible, is more than just learning interesting stories, more than just the history of God's people, uh, much more than ethics or morality or uh, all those kinds of things. It is to be spiritual food to us. In fact, the Lord Jesus himself said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and life. Can you say that about any other book on the, on the planet? Spirit and life. So we want to, in this class, learn how, by again uh, going to the scriptures, how to really enjoy the Bible as nourishment as food to us, as supply to us, just like the children of Israel had the manna every day waiting for them. 
And um, what we're going to do is just try to see the difference between uh, two words in the Greek for um, word. One is logos. That's in John uh, chapter one when it talks about the word. That has to do with the constant word, the written word, the unchanging word. And then there's another word called rhema in the Greek. It is usually translated word as well, but it's the instant, the living word. And that's when God's spirit in the moment turns the written word into a personal word for us to be supplied in our situation, in our moment. And we'll look into that, how that occurs and how we can uh, make that our reality. In addition to uh, using the Bible itself, we're going to uh, look at some uh, very well-known predecessors in the faith, people that were greatly used of God to see how they approached the scriptures. These will be people like uh, George Whitfield. Uh, I personally doubt that our country would have ever been started without uh, George Whitfield and uh, his revivals as he went up and down the colonies preaching the gospel. How about George Mueller, who was used by the Lord with so many um, orphanages and works? Even Billy Graham. Uh, what was his approach to the word? John Nelson Darby, who wrote uh, one of the best translations of the scriptures ever done, saw so much of God's word. John Calvin uh, Martin Luther, John Wesley, all of these uh, dear predecessors in the faith, even some of the early church fathers, what was their approach to the Bible? And how can we learn from what they practiced and bring it into our normal daily living? In addition, we're going to get into what's the subject of the Bible, the central thought, and the, the various sections of the Bible. This particular course is called Really Enjoying the Bible. Uh, that will be Monday evenings starting at 6 p.m. You can find out more information by going to tcctc.org. tcctc.org. Again, that's a Monday evening course called Really Enjoying the Bible. Let's move along to the buffet line, as the president likes to call it, the president of TCC, TC, to another option for you. This is a Thursday evening option, if that would work better into your schedule. And this particular course is going to be called Normal Christian Living. Normal Christian Living. That's an unusual term, isn't it? Normal? Well, what is? how do you define normal? What's the yardstick you measure something by for it to be normal? Well, you may remember that the Lord Jesus in the Gospels, in uh, some of the discussions, that's probably putting it pretty mildly, uh, with the Bible scholars, the Pharisees, who always wanted to argue with him, that he said, um, your traditions keep you 
from reality. Your traditions keep you from recognizing who I am. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But it's amazing how we believers will continue a practice or a tradition without ever measuring it by the scriptures. Uh, we ex- will accept the status quo uh, as the way it uh, should be. So what we're going to do in this particular class is to be very simple, using the scriptures and some very fine textbooks that you'll be able to keep, and to go back and see carefully how the original Christians lived. In other words, when the disciples could no longer walk and talk with the Lord physically, after he had come back and given them some training for 40 days uh, after the resurrection, how did they go on? It's especially clear in uh, Acts and also in the epistles. And um, the early Christians, the early churches, tended to um, go downhill. The degradation came in. And so many of the epistles were written to try to get them back on track, back out of the ditch, back out of the cul-de-sac where they were going round and round and round and get them back on the simple, straight, and narrow. Um, We want to take a look at what the early Christian meetings were like. How did the Christians meet? We just uh, maybe uh, grew up a certain way and we continue that way. Uh, as what do we think a Christian meeting should be? Have we ever measured it by the apostles' teaching? You know, uh, one of the things that said about the early Christians in Acts chapter 2 is that they continued steadfastly. What do you think that word means? Steadfastly in the apostles' teaching. So let's go see what the apostles' teaching is, if that's the way we're supposed to continue. Then we want to see how God uh, administrates uh, his interest, city by city. Um, And we'll compare normal, in terms of the scripture, to what is typical and common and average and status quo, and uh, see how we can uh, recover normal. You know, the Lord himself today is described in Revelation chapter 1, 2, and 3 as walking among the churches, city by city, congregation by congregation. And uh, he is operating um, differently, but yet with continuity to what we see in the Gospels. He is calling in Revelation 1, 2, and 3 for overcomers to come out of whatever their rut they're in and uh, give him their full cooperation so that he can have a way to turn the age. And again, this particular course is called Normal Christian Living. We will look at normality in terms of not only our personal living and how we can be an overcomer, but we will look at it in terms of normal Christian corporate living to see how um, the early Christians operated together, how they met, how they served, and how uh, 
the Lord that took them on as the one body of Christ. That will be a Thursday evening choice, normal Christian living. If you'd like more information, go to tccc.org and uh, look, look it up further. If you'd like to call and talk to some folks about these options, the number is 513-1000. 513-1000. Now, our wonderful helper, uh, Doug Apple, is going to take it away briefly and bring us back for some more fellowship. This only I wish to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit out of the works of the law or out of the hearing of faith? Galatians chapter 3, verse 2. When the believers believe into Christ, they receive the Spirit. At the time of regeneration, we believed into Christ, and we also received the Spirit and were sealed with the Spirit. At that very moment, an organic union took place we were grafted into the triune God. After this, receiving the Spirit is a lifelong, continuous matter. God is supplying the Spirit to us continuously. Scripture and Commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version, published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit recoveryversion.org. received a recovery version for the first time my freshman year in college. Since that time, I have really enjoyed reading it, especially the outlines for each book and the cross-references. When reading these outlines for each book of the Bible, I have begun to realize that the Bible isn't a disjointed series of records, but instead it is a comprehensive unit, a complete book, and it conveys God's thought from beginning to end. Reading through these outlines and the cross-references is to me what Paul spoke of to Timothy about cutting straight the word of the truth. To receive your free copy of the recovery version, call Bibles for America at 1-888-551-0102. That number again is 1-888-551-0102. Or you can visit the Bibles for America website at www.biblesforamerica.org. Again, that's www.biblesforamerica.org. .org
Thank you, Doug Apple. This is Lowell Jackson. Let's have some more fellowship. You know what we want to do as believers and what we should always do when we're with another believer is to uh, increase our enjoyment of the Lord. Uh, And when we come together, the Lord made a promise. When we come together in his name, not any other premise or any other name, but we come together in his name, he is in the midst. And it sounds like that's where he's really pleased to be, just two or three. Uh, So we're trying to practice some of that, come together in the Lord's name and uh, experience uh, more enjoyment of him. And hopefully we give him more enjoyment of our appreciation of him. I want to, um, I hope this whole program that uh, our our good brother Doug Apple has come up with this time of fellowship is always about increasing the joy of the believers, increasing our uh, appreciation, our experience, our enjoyment of God. We want to always give you good, nourishing truths from God's Word and uh, places where you can go for more help and more enjoyment. We mentioned earlier uh, tcctc.org. I hope you will follow through and look into uh, some of those classes. In the break that uh, Brother Doug just took us to, there were several examples of uh, the Recovery Version New Testament. Uh, The translation is very accurate and true to the original Greek. Uh, But it's also in modern English where you can understand it. I use it every single day. It's a a life changer for me. And I want to um, give you a copy. No charge. All you got to do is request it. Tell them where to send it. Um, While you're looking away for some way to write it down or make note of it, Let me tell you just a little bit more about this particular translation that was touched on during the the break. Um, Every book has an outline at the beginning. It also gives you kind of a one sentence or a few phrases of what the purpose of that book is, the direction it's going. And then it gives you an outline with the verses beside each point to show you how that develops throughout that particular book. And then as you read the book, for example, if you're reading Acts, that outline will be continued every um, every few verses or so to show you how that particular set of verses figures into the overall purpose of the book. That's very helpful to see the uh, whole holistic approach to a book, its purpose, and where it's going as you read it. And then what helps me the most about the recovery version is there are over 9,000 footnotes. 9,000. I was reading earlier today um, just three or four verses from 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. I think we're going to get into this soon here on, on our fellowship hour. But there were six pages of footnotes just on those verses. So 9,000 footnotes help you uh, further see the truth, the light, and the life that's in God's Word. Uh, what a way to stand on the shoulders of those who've gone before us.
and uh, not only read God's word, but get the help in applying it, understanding it, and seeing more that's in that word. Then also in the recovery version, there's 13,000 cross-references, which will help you study the Bible even more if you want to see how a similar verse, similar phrase, or similar word is used elsewhere in the scriptures, right there on the same page as that verse or that phrase or that word, it will give you cross-references of where else you can go to see it. One thing I believe very, very strongly about is that the way to interpret the Bible is with the Bible. One of the ways we believers have gotten so divided and so crossed up and gone so many directions is just lifting a truth or two out and running with it. But we should always, I believe, interpret the Bible with the Bible. See what else the Bible says about it. It will give us a very balanced view of, uh, of truth. And then in addition, I'm talking now about the recovery version. If you've just joined us, this is my favorite study Bible. There are charts in it to help you uh, see how God operates or sees some particular trend in history. There are also maps for help, help you get your handles on the geography that may be being discussed. And we're talking about uh, the recovery version. It has nothing to do with alcohol, nothing to do with drugs. It's a different kind of recovery. Okay? It has to do with recovering truth. Maybe the truth has been overlooked. Maybe the truth has been misapplied. Maybe the truth has been misunderstood. But the recovery versions will, will help us to recover the truth of God's Word by, again, comparing God's Word with uh, other sections of the Word and taking away a holistic approach. Um, this is... Um, too wonderful that I could offer you a copy free. I mean, I would, I would have never have dreamed that this would be possible. But um, some dear believers, very much like our friends uh, have done with the Gideons throughout the uh, decades, are offering you a copy of the recovery version absolutely free. They're even going to pay the postage. You've just got to tell them where to send it. Go to the website, Bibles for America. Dot O-R-G. Bibles, F-O-R, America, dot O-R-G. Uh, it also responds to B-F-A, dot O-R-G. B-F-A, of course, standing for Bibles for America. And you can request your copy of the recovery version. Um, let me mention a couple of other things that uh, they will also send you, if you like. Um, there's some great reprints of some Christian classics that are hard to find um, in the diminishing number of Christian bookstores. Have you noticed how the number of Christian bookstores is getting fewer and fewer and fewer? Um, but here's a way that you can get some of the all-time greats at, yes, no charge. You just got to ask for them. Same website, uh, you can request a copy of a book called The Economy of God. Now, this has nothing to do with finances. 
nothing, zero. But it comes from the Apostle Paul's instructions to um, his faithful young disciple, Timothy, when he said in verse 4, don't allow anything to be taught in the church except the economia of God. That's, of course, the Greek word, economia. Some translations translate it um, dispensation. Um, here, we're choosing to uh, just, just take it over directly into the English. An economy in a non-financial sense just means a, a way of accomplishing something. Well, let's use the American financial economy. Uh, if a plumber wants to feed his family, of course, that's his responsibility. But he's a plumber. How does he get food? Obviously, he converts his plumbing talent into American currency, which allows him to go to the grocery store and having converted his plumbing talent into food for his family. Well, that's an economy. Um, how does God accomplish his goal, his purpose, what he wants to carry out in his relationship with us? And so you'll find that this book, The Economy of God, lays out the heart's desire of God and how he goes about accomplishing that uh, heart's desire. A couple more things that you can get from um, Bibles for America is this is one of my favorites. It's called Basic Elements of the Christian Life. Basic Elements of the Christian Life. And these are three little small volumes with short paragraphs that uh, dig into practical daily living and how you can enjoy the Lord more and have a more meaningful Christian life. It's called Basic Elements of the Christian Life, three short volumes. It will get into how you can have a time with the Lord, how you can uh, enjoy Him uh, more meaningfully in your day. It'll get into how you can approach His Word in the way not of reading and studying only, but a way of uh, praying over the Word. You know, many, many Christians, in fact, there are some Christian groups who have what they call a prayer book. Uh, I've looked at them from time to time in visiting other Christian groups and noticed that the prayer book, so-called prayer book, was actually mostly scripture. And it just pointed out to me that uh, you can take the scripture and turn it into a prayer. It's God speaking to you. Why not take his word, turn it back around and speak to him? Well, you'll get some help in implementing this. It's called Basic Elements of the Christian Life, available from BiblesForAmerica.org. Um, another one of my favorites, and this is a classic, very hard to find, but you can get it free from Bibles for America. It's called The All-Inclusive Christ. And what this... Uh, classic does is to take what's going on in um, Exodus, um, Deuteronomy, Leviticus. As you know, there God's people are trying to journey into the good land, uh, get out of uh, Egyptian bondage and slavery, 
and get over into a land flowing with milk and honey. Of course, that's symbolic. Uh, it was a physical land. It is a physical land today, and they're fighting over it today. <laughs> Nothing new under the sun, right? It's been going on for centuries. But this land is actually, it says in Colossians, a picture. Of course, the, the land is real, but the reality is even greater. And this particular classic shows you that all the attributes of this land are actually just a picture of Christ, all that God wants to be us. The minerals are significant. The food is significant. Um, how they possess the land, the enemies that are between um, the, the wilderness and the land are all pictures of our reality. You can get it again absolutely free from Bibles for America. Let me give you uh, one more good example of what you can get if you'll go to bfa.org. There's another classic called The Knowledge of Life. And this is the kind of life that's even in John 3.16. This is a particular kind of life. It's divine life that we humans can uh, experience once we've had the new birth and can go on with the sense of life, the path that leads to life, knowing this inner sense and experiencing it. It'll get into uh, the difference between the body, the soul, and the spirit, and how we can cooperate with the way that the Lord has made us. So I would really encourage you to go to bfa.org. It's like a treasure chest, and you can roam around in the treasure chest and some dear believers have already paid for you to be enriched in your life just by telling them where to send it. It's bfa.org. Thank you, Doug Apple, for your help today. And we'll be back tomorrow for more fellowship. Uh -huh.